Hey students, this is Tony. Thank you for tuning in for the very first episode of the Film Student Podcast. Very much appreciate y'all listening. Uh, I am currently driving a moving truck uh, somewhere in Indiana on my way between Washington, D.C. and heading to Chicago, uh, where I start classes at Second City's Harold Ramis Film School on Monday. Uh, so, uh, big move for me, big changes for me. Uh, this podcast is actually going to follow me along over the course of the next year. We'll get to meet some of my colleagues that are going to be in classes with me, some of my teachers, uh, as well as uh, hopefully a, a couple other Chicago notary guests as well. If you have any questions for us or want to share any feedback for the show, please shoot us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at filmstudentpod and check out our website at filmstudentpod.com. So without further ado, let's get on with it. Enjoy the show. students, thanks for downloading the Film Student Podcast, the hopefully weekly podcast that follows me, Tony Lazzaroni, as I work my way through classes at the world's first film school dedicated to comedy film production, the Harold Ramis Film School at Second City in Chicago. HRFS, as we typically call it, is a relatively new school. My class is just the fifth set of students to go through the program, so when I was researching the school to learn more about it, I didn't really find much out there. Hopefully for those of you who have considered this, or really any film school, will find this podcast helpful in making the decision of whether or not to take the plunge. I can't make that decision for you, but I can tell you it's been a good move for me so far, but not an easy one. I'm 34 years old, and when I was accepted into the program last year, I made the decision to leave my job as a software trainer, pack up all my things, including my cat carry, and move cross-country from Washington, D.C. to Chicago. I moved around a bunch as a kid, so my nine years in D.C. was actually the longest I've ever lived in one place. While I was there, I took classes at Washington Improv Theater, and I started my production company, Crowded Elevator Pictures, with a handful of friends. I love D.C., and I was sad to leave it, but I'm hopeful this will be a good change and a good springboard into producing films and TV for a living. Ostensibly, this podcast is about me and my journey, but I'm lucky enough to take this journey with a bunch of really talented, fun, and funny people in my cohort, as they refer to them here. Each cohort has a color for its name, and I'm part of the Winter 2018 class, which features two cohorts, Magenta and Cyan, which is the one that I'm in. But we're not isolated into those two groups. We all actually get to be cast and crew for other students' films, including in other cohorts. And sometimes our classes are combined when special guests come in. Like this week, we had Jay Roach, who directed Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, and all three of the Austin Powers movies, come in and do a talk with a Q&A at the end. I want to get to know the other people in my class, and I think you will too. My guest today is Bratty Jarosovich, who's in the Cyan cohort with me. She and I are partnered together for one of my first filming projects, so we'll talk a little bit about that, but mostly I wanted to learn about how and why she came to HRFS. So here it is, episode one, interview one, Braddy Jarosovich. I want to go back to kind of etymology of how you ended up. Why here. am I here? Why are you here, but why why movies in general? Like, I know you've done some stuff before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How'd you get started? Um, In comedy in general well I was always an odd child um so so there's that um I always did musical theater and like theater in high school when I was in high school I was like oh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be an actress like I already know like I'm, and then um I didn't um get into conservatory when I was um entering college and so I tried to like step away from theater a little bit but um 
I don't know. I, I, I did some, some improv like after, after college mm-hmm. and, um, I came to the second city because I always, God, it's a really long story, but I've always, um, I've always loved like improv. I remember, you know, being really young and taking like an intensive at, mm-hmm. uh, Columbia college. And then, um, after I, let's go back after I graduated high school, um, my friend Andrew, he was going to be moving to LA because his sister was, was living there. And we went to UCB and I remember seeing a show and, um, it was just like, it was just amazing. Like I was just like, Oh no, this, this is what I should be doing. Um, because I've always with comedy, like it's something about improv, like it's, it's all about like the moment and Mm -hmm. that direct communication kind of taking in like, um, the group and the ensemble piece. Yeah. And and the audience too. And like, you know, just everything that's currently going on, like, you know, in, in your day and in like the day of other people in the audience, it's just like something about it is really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, so and you, you know, you just, you make it up. So like, you know, you, if you're spontaneously like creating a character or something like you can just kind of like ride that. And, um, I don't know. So I've always just kind of had that sort of shorthand with my, my close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, um, some of them who, you know, are, you know, uh, professional actors and stuff now. And, um, so, so yeah, it's, and my brother's really, really funny and it's just always been like kind of an in- instinctual thing, like, um, storytelling and, um, and, uh, you know, creating like kind of obscure characters that don't necessarily um, go along with like typical tropes and stuff and just kind of like highlighting kind of weird stuff around us. So, um, so yeah, so I've always kind of, I've just been trying over the past, I don't know, like 10 years, I guess, to just get good at, at improv mm-hmm. and, and, you know, make sure it was like a fit and stuff. And so I was living in Providence because I had moved there for a relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was the Providence Improv Guild, um, which was just like just starting out. Um, you actually know Jonathan Murphy. Yeah. Who, he started that with a few other people in Yeah, he in was in, uh, in D.C. He was the uh, um, manager of all the uh, class schedules and everything mm-hmm. for uh, for Washington Improv Theater. So, uh, yeah, he came down, what is it, maybe three years ago at this point? Yeah. So I, I moved there like four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was like a year and a half like that I got there. And then he was he was going to be leaving. And, um, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I do remember him saying like, Hey, Pridey, like if you really want to do this, like, y- you know, professionally, like you got to move. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it's not, it's not like a, um, it's not like a bad thing. Like Providence is an excellent place for an artist. I, um, I met a lot of great people at Providence Improv Guild and did a lot of like you know, crazy projects. We did this like improvised Halloween show that was, um, supposed to be like scary and serious, but, um, like behind the scenes, like, you know, in my mind, a few friends and I, we just kept on thinking about how like, oh my God, this is a hilarious, like we should film a mockumentary about how like these sad local improvisers are trying to put on like a serious show, but we're, it just is not working. (laughs) Um, But then from there, there was also um, uh, the medical acting that I got into in, in Providence. Yeah. So how did, how does, how do you get into that? That's (laughs) because I I have friends of mine in DC that actually, can't disclose who, but that work in government and actually work with, um, uh, like, basically terrorism task force and and and, uh, and like practice practicing like Amazing. interrogation techniques and stuff like How that. How do I and get so, into that? Yeah, and it's so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane work, but they it, it cracks me up because they they don't 
it's not publicized who does it or anything like that, but I've talked to the couple people that I know that do it, and it's just it's just funny to hear. Like, yeah, I basically get to go in like once a month or whatever it is and yell at people. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of like how it was for me. Like, I I found out it through uh, found out about it through um, Melissa Bowler, who is now like artistic director, mm-hmm. run, basically runs Providence Improv Guild with some other people, and uh, this other guy Stuart Wilson, and they worked at um, Brown University, the medical school there, mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, Brian will be good, and so I kind of got in there and um, doing it at other hospitals and um, a school of social work in in Rhode Island, Rhode Island. and it's. Um, it's really interesting. I mean, it's just like uh, you're improvising with a real person and you're just trying to simulate this as realistically as possible. Mm-hmm. So they take it seriously and it's actually good training for them. So it's, you know, if you do take it seriously, like you you want to be a good actor and you um, but you have to, you have to keep in mind like how like, you know, they're learning objectives and right. like, you know. Um, so I don't know. It's it's one time I um, there's other types of medical acting, like more like um like training, like there's interpersonal communication, kind of feedback, stuff like that, like mm-hmm. bedside manner. But there's also just like, um, like very strange things. Like I had to go to the hospital at four in the morning and uh, they were practicing um, to, to see like if, um, like an Amber Alert, if a baby was stolen, like how the, the whole hospital would respond to increase their security. So not, not so you, okay, so this wasn't like a scheduled thing where they're plan, planning to practice. No. Like you would spring this, like you're like a, uh, uh, I know I grew up in Oklahoma and spent a lot of time where they would just run the, the tornado sirens, but they would do it in like the middle of the day when there's obviously no yeah. tornadoes around. So <laughs> I had, yeah, I had to get there at like four in the morning and mm-hmm. like meet like, you know, in this uh, building adjacent to the hospital. And there was like this huge team in there of like all these, you know, like important people and like consultants. And, um, you know, they were just like, okay, you're going to go up to the NICU and you're going to be, you're going to start and you're going to walk with this backpack. And, um, and then I, I had to make it out without being stopped. And no one actually stopped me. It was kind of odd. Like I had to make it to this, like, um, this one tunnel that connects to the other hospital. Um, but, you know, f- from these trainings, they really improved their security now. Mm-hmm. So now, like, when I go there, they won't even let even though I'm saying I'm working there, they won't even let me go down to the basement because, you know, they've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, it, and, yeah. and you, you were also doing some film stuff beforehand, I know. Um, yeah, yeah, not just that. I, <laughs> I do, um, like, this past year, I, uh, there's a great um, uh, organization called AS220 mm-hmm. in Providence. It's like this um, nonprofit, like arts collective, and uh, they have like a few stages, and they have AS220 Industries where they have like their media lab, and they have like screen printing and all sorts of wonderful stuff. Um, but they have these artists in residencies. So mm-hmm. if you're like a local artist, and and I had at that point uh, last year like been doing a little bit of stand up and like sketch comedy with like different groups there and performing improv all the time. Um, so I got into this this residency where I had finally like access to like the equipment to kind of raise the production mm-hmm. level of uh, things I had written and that I was like wanting to film and direct and also be in uh, but <laughs> so so I, I um so I started living there and I was able to do Carmen lives in Providence mm-hmm. and um, a couple Which is of Carmen San Diego Carmen yeah Carmen San Francisco San you know Francisco, copyright reasons me. you know it's just we don't know we she never says her last name we never know so I kind of had this whole character thing that I was doing like around Providence where like I would go to like a variety show and host it as Carmen and like you know so um that kind of tied into this 
this this little short film that I, I made about, you know, if Carmen wanted to put down some roots and stop running, you know, like, and why would she want to stop running? Like, is she in witness protection? Like, is she broken? Like, it was just, like, basically putting Carmen in Providence and doing, like, all of these, like, just mundane, everyday things. Yeah. Um, just fi- fish out of water. Yeah, kind of thing. Which is just awkward because the out of water is in just normal life in normal life <laughs> and and not and also just there are some characters in in providence and stuff so um i also just have a, like wage house is another mm-hmm. great um that's kind of like where i like i left off um uh doing um improv and and some other like kind of sketch kind of stuff mm-hmm. i guess um but yeah it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so so yeah i like took that um just, I think a lot of my work has to do with like, you know, being an improviser in, in, in an artist in a smaller city mm-hmm. and, and kind of like that question that that presents, like, do you, why do you do this? Do you do this because you love it? Do you do this because like, you know, do you, do you want to be famous or do you want to make a, you know, a, a career of this? And it's kind of like wrestling with that, like humility and like, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a certain level of narcissism in, you know, being in the school and like, because you think your stuff is good and you want acknowledgement. Yeah. So it was just like, that's like wrapped up in, in a lot of the, the writing and work and stuff that I, I did in Providence and I'm trying to present here. So we, one of the things, um, when we have to submit, we have to do a, uh, we have to do the, the written piece, oh, yeah. uh, which is, uh, comedy influences. We also have to do a submission piece. I take it the Carmen, Carmen, uh, was your submission yeah, video? Yeah, I mean, um, the Carmen thing's like 20 minutes long because okay. I'm like super precious so about things. A but chunk of it. I just, all I did was I presented the one, one scene from it where, uh, one scene is Carmen takes an improv class yeah. uh, because her therapist is like, why don't you get out and, you know, take a step and, and you know, and join the community. And so she takes the improv class and I, and I directed that and was obviously Carmen in that. And uh, we filmed it at Wage House. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of coached everybody to like do like these basic games, Zip Zip Zop and uh, Fred Schneider, and just like let's be as like lame as possible and like kind of like highlight all like the bad things about improv. <laughs> like, you know, like um, there's in it, there's like a scene where we're playing Zip Zap Zop and um, Carmen, because she's used to like all of her great escapes and pyrotechnics and, you know, all of her gadgets and stuff, she she's kind of downgraded, but she has like like little fireworks. So she had one of those popper little things. Little party popper party that you popper. Pull, the, pull, the, pull the string on it and launches confetti. <laughs> yeah, so it's like this Zip Zap Zop game, but then when it gets back to her, she like uses this party popper on this one guy named Richie and he's just like, fuck you! And like this is an improv class. So it's kind of highlighting like, you know, s- improv is supposed to be all about love and fun. But in my, in my journey as an improviser so far, like there's times where it's like, no, like I, we hate each other in this group. Like there's <laughs> so much tension. Yeah. Like, and I don't know. So it was just, and then also just like, you know, bad choices in improv of like, you know, just notes like, you know, like uh, make it real, but, notes that are taken the wrong way so mm-hmm. it's just like really boring or you know just notes that a con anyway <laughs> so that's what I, s- I submitted that so you submitted that who was your uh, focus for the for the like comedic influence um well in that i, I talked a lot about um like my older brother kind of introducing me to david sedaris and amy sedaris mm-hmm. and like any christopher guest film um because i remember seeing that and like it was nothing like I had seen before, like just the depth of the characters and like how, um, 
how like peculiar they were, but still like so like relatable, relatable. Like you knew they were like real people. Mm-hmm. Like, or they were commenting on real people or like a state of mind. Um, and yeah, I just remember seeing that really young and being so surprised by that. Um, but there is, I, I, I talked about that, but there's a, there's a bunch of influences. Like, I mean, if you want to really go down to it, like I'm sure like Nickelodeon, like really crazy cartoons that were actually for adults probably influenced a lot of us, yeah. like Rocco's Modern Life and like Hey Arnold and stuff like that. And um, some friends of friends of mine uh, run a podcast called Saturday Morning Cartoons, morning spelled with a U, mm-hmm. and they do reviews of uh, of all the, the po- of all those uh, uh, cartoons from when we grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've been on, I think I was on for the Rocco's Modern Life episode, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, they were just so weird. Yeah. But it's, but it's it's amazing, especially though. rewatching it now and realizing how much I was missing in that show yeah. then. Because that's what that's like Shrek, where it was made kind of for both the adults and the kids watching it. Yeah, They're, it's funny on two different levels. Yeah, but you're still like you're still like you know any influences even at a young age like you're getting a sense for like timing and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and that's like you know just watching like Nick at Night, you know Laverne and Shirley and mm-hmm. Lucy and stuff like that and. Um, I really like Mark and Mindy when I was when I was growing yeah. up. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, you start you internalize these things and like, and then you know, I'm more of an extrovert, and then like that would come out in like you know, real life, like you know, and like talking to people and like being sort of, um, I don't know. I was just always like, kind of like a character, like with my friends, you know. Um, but I never, I was never just never afraid. Mm-hmm. So I like, you know, I knew I was like putting myself out there and like I never felt like I was being made fun of like I was always doing stuff purposely like mm-hmm. no shame you know um but I'm trying to think of like what else like I really like well, Summer Heights High and like you know just like you know characters just like in the real world mm-hmm. kind of thing but um but then also stuff that kind of walks the line between drama and comedy like um uh what's it called on HBO um I can't think of it. <laughs> uh, what's it, what's it about the? Oh, it's um, it's with Laurie Metcalf and um, it's she's like she's a doctor. Um, oh, oh, is it Nurse Betty? No, no, no not I that can't one. believe I can't think of it right now. Um, it's ridiculous. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, but uh, you know where there's you know some or like high maintenance even you know mm-hmm. like there's like, um, you know some like s- there's sincerity in it and right. so like the kind of stuff that like I want to do here kind of walks that line a little bit and and I don't think. Um, I haven't really uh, showcased that yet. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've done more just like kind of like surreal sketches or mm-hmm. um, so I really want to kind of bring that that depth, you know, to to my to my work and and kind of uh, tie it all together this mm-hmm. year. And so we've already been now through a week of classes, mm-hmm. uh, a week and a couple of days. We're recording this one later than I than I wanted to, but it happens. Uh, but but we've got a week and a couple of days in. What's what have you gotten the most out of so far uh, in, um, in the classes that we've had? Well, I think right away, like affirmation that like your instincts, like like instinctively, like the way I I've you know the way I've like written things and organized things and like. Um, thought about like point of view like I've I think it's affirmed that like you like you've done that like you you um like I've like I've done that in my in my work so Mm -hmm. it's just it's I think um you know and and also just like like the history of like (laughs) you know like of how like you know early like Greek theater like you know to vaudeville to now like how it's like it's everything influence influences the next thing and like Mm -hmm. we really haven't you know we're still so 
young, like when it comes to, to movies and, and, yeah. and visual uh, storytelling. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's also highlighted like, you know, what my, my skills are and like what my, you know, like the, where the, the opportunities really lie for, yeah. the, for the next term. Yeah. Just like what I, what I want to focus on to like, mm-hmm. to make even stronger and like stuff that like, you know what, like today or yesterday I, I contacted a couple of my friends who had edited stuff and I was like, I'm, I'm going to need your help like editing because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, even though I love like that control and the timing that you control in editing, it's like another whole layer of like, of, of, of humor, but it's like, you know, you just, you only have so much time and you just have to like focus on like what you're, you're good at. <laughs> but it's also worthwhile to understand because you can, you can set up for editing tricks. Because yeah. when, so that's, and that's the, when I came into it, I came much more with a production background and I've learned how to prepare either visual gags or things like that in, mm-hmm. what, in what I'm filming purposefully for editing together. And yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do that without understanding the extent of the editing tools and what they can do. So yeah. having having that having that in your wheelhouse is not a bad idea at all. Yeah, like and just your ability to like you know more like easily work with people, like to right. understand their perspective. Um, but yeah, I think and I honestly forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> but <laughs> it was just what I learned, like what what we uh, um, in this past week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been it's been an overwhelming week. It's yeah. <laughs> so we've got uh, a handful of assignments. Uh, Bridie and I are actually paired together for one of them, where we need to shoot uh, eight shots that all have to be different angles and different mm-hmm. bits. But uh, there's no requirement for us to have to stitch them into a story. But of course, we're both going for a story of some yeah. sort. Yeah. You got eight shots. You might as well tell a story of, of something. Yeah. So you know, just gonna dust off the Carmen. San Francisco uh, costume and, you know. Bring that into it, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think, like, I think all the classes are just uh, making us think about, like, you know, like, all the content that already exists, like, every mm-hmm. all the potential we already have. And, like, you know, um, I th- at least for the writing class, like, mm-hmm. there is, you know, um, we just had to write a short. And I thought I would totally be writing about, like, my medical acting and all that stuff, but I'm going to get to that. But I just wrote you know, something that I never thought about before, like being a lifeguard in, in high school and uh, and taking that, like those those like raw moments and like, you know, kind of like the truth, but mm. then, th- you know, not being precious about it and using like our comedic sensibility and playing with structure mm-hmm. and um, different, uh, you know, just Starting fundamentals as of... The, as the basis for something something more. Because uh, yeah. I, I know when, when I've made stuff in the past, it always made it easier when we had real life events that fact is stranger than fiction mm-hmm. type things yeah. like when you when you have real stories grounded in, in weird stuff that people have run into mm-hmm. it's still more believable than anything you can invent off the top yeah, of your head and it's and it's like it's yeah people can relate to it more like for mm-hmm. some reason like you just know it you know it's true but then like you know, playing with like tropes or structure or just like, okay, how can I hide in this? Like, or how can I make this character like not just this person who's like on the peripheral who like says one thing? Like, can is, can she be the spirit guide? Like, can she be the hero of the story now? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just thinking about like ways to take my like more surreal sensibility, comedic sensibility, and 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 like pair it with you know the stuff that is closer to real life and just like genuinely funny mm-hmm. um just as it is so yeah. trying to you know it's like a, this first assignment is an experiment and like kind of making an amalgamation of those two things and and seeing if you can make a better more entertaining product right right 
So what are you looking forward to most throughout the throughout the rest of this? Any um, anything that's uh, that has already been dropped on us that we're going to end up producing, or uh, any specific piece of the class or activity that you're looking forward to? Um, I'm really just hoping that like I utilize the writing that I have in the best possible way, mm-hmm. and you know that translates visually. Like, and I, you know, anytime I like I write something and then. I'm thinking about like a if I were to make it into like a, a script, like mm-hmm. a screenplay, like I think about, you know, alternate um, visuals that, you know, if there was narration going on, I could like highlight this this point I'm trying to make. So I'm hoping that like I can actually achieve that. I'm also excited about that. Mm-hmm. There's Rachel Mason. <laughs> One of our <laughs> teachers actually wandering by as we're as we're <laughs> recording this. <laughs> you know, so. talking up her class as she walks past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was well, awkward. Well, very cool. Uh, well, any final thoughts that you want to add in? Um, I don't know. I just hope, like, um, I mean, there's so many talented people around us, and I, we all have our own perspectives and everything, but I just I just hope we, you know, all take advantage of each other in the dirtiest way possible. Yeah, <laughs> as much as humanly possible. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Brady. Thank you so much. That was Brady Jarosevich. A wonderful guest for the show. Thank you, Braddy, for joining me for this episode and to the HRFS and Second City staff for their help. Music on today's episode was by Bear Shark, and the show was recorded and edited by me, Tony Lazzaroni. If you want to hear more from me and my classmates, teachers, and a few special guests, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at filmstudentpod. We'll also be launching filmstudentpod.com in the coming weeks, where I'll post photos and, if they'll let me, hopefully some samples of the work that I and my classmates are producing for you all to enjoy. See you all next week. Class dismissed.